the patriotic. They're Kenyans very aware of their surrounding. They are aware of their rights, and they are very aware, uh, ob, ob, objective and aware, open about, aware about what goes on around them. You know, uh, we Kenyans, and they're very vocal. We Kenyans, whether it is on the street or, or we online, Ken, we Kenyans are aware of our rights mm-hmm. and very vocal. Yes, but we are not patriotic. Hey, thank you again for listening in. If you're just joining us, it's the security situation in the country, gang, and we're back. Our third musketeer today, Wabala, is not here, but she's on the forefront with the CS Matiangi. So whatever you, you're listening to us today, it's going to be the duo, me, myself, and I, Leila Muhammad, senior security reporter, and Dominic Wabala, who's been dealing with security issues since I was in diapers, if I can <laughs> say that. But speaking about Mary Wamboy, she's actually on the ground with CS Keith and the other day before we well into into what we're going to discuss this morning is he gave himself a hundred day scorecard how interesting is that i mean after every hundred days of the new administration uh there's there's always a scorecard uh how the government has performed and i think he was just taking his stride to prove himself that he's uh, he's actually fit for the job and it's uh why he gave a long list of achievements that he has uh uh, had in the first hundred days of uh, of his oh, his taking oath of office as a CS interior. He seems to be all knowing in, in in terms of securing the country. But one matter that he uh, categorically says he is out of knowledge about is um, his predecessor's predicament. Uh, last night, the breaking news. Um, this was Wednesday night. Every news outlet was talking about the impending, quote-unquote, arrest of former Cabinet Secretary Dr. Fred Matiangi. And it seems that Thursday morning, it's like we were chasing a ghost. Uh, how do you think this conversation should be moved forward, Obala? I, I, think, I think, and these are my thoughts, uh, is that uh, it, would be, it would look vindictive. Current regime outrightly went for Matiangi, uh, the former CS. If he has done anything illegal, that warrants his being, uh, his facing the law, he's being prosecuted, then it should be done with some decorum. I mean, he has lawyers, he can be summoned, he can be asked to a record statement mm, or to give present every, himself to prevent, before present, the DCI. Yeah, to prevent himself before the DCI. But to 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 lay siege over his residence mm. and 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 uh, and uh, purport to want to arrest him, uh, it doesn't look good. It 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 uh, it it gives a, a picture of of vengeance, vindictiveness, which is not what somebody wants. Well, what's puzzling is that um, the Inspector General of Police, Kome, uh the CEO of uh, the Ethics and Anti-Corruption Commission, the retired Major Twal Mubarak, they all have come out initially to say, "Hey, we are not investigating this gentleman, and we don't know what this issue is all about." Do you think um, somebody somewhere could have been misreading a situation that was, was probably different? The chances are somebody could be reading uh, those. But I think for, for such a sensitive issue, it, is, it would have been uh, appropriate that even uh, the inspector general or the intelligence, whoever it is, to actually delve into the matter and understand what is going on. If it's not them, mm-hmm. then there must be somebody. Could it be 
a false alarm raised by uh, the former CS. Does this this information now need serious investigation? Probably uh, the guards at the estate could uh, be called. The ones who were on duty last night. Was there any vehicle that does not belong to this environment that came here? What did you guys do, and and what kind of communication then did you send into the Matiangi household? Exactly, that is what needs to be done, and and and. It's, it's not rocket science. I mean, most of the estates, especially the estates, I assume estates where, like where, where the, the such high-profile high profile Kenyans live, yeah. There are there are systems of security that have been laid. There are CCTV cameras, I, be, I believe. There is a logging in and logging out of mm-hmm. entries and exits of of, of of persons and vehicles getting into the plus the identities, the registration number of the vehicles and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will take very little time to know what. Or if at all there was anybody mm-hmm. getting into that uh, compound or into that uh, situation, uh, situation yeah. yeah, it would be so easy for them to know who it is and dispel if there is any uh, any fear and anxiety, dispel that, that anxiety. Mm-hmm. But just to lay back and let the troll out, especially in this uh, in this era of, uh, of 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 internet and social media, mm-hmm. it paints the a very bad picture. Or I mean, it also shows it. It, it also might give a picture of inability of the police to secure residences. Currently, we are seeing that the former CS has already gone to court. He's given his uh, legal team the instructions to request the court for anticipatory bail. Could we be seeing this in terms of him feeling like something is going to happen or is it really happening? And then how then does the security agencies and the criminal justice system move forward in a bit to see that whatever crimes that he's being accused of uh, do not necessarily for find themselves wading into the political sphere because a lot of political uh, rhetoric is now mm. coming out of, of of those allegations for Wednesday night. Now, as, as it is, it's too late. It is now too late to stop it fr- from wedding into the, into, political, into political into sphere. political sphere. Because uh, even on social media, you're seeing or oh, watch so and so has ordered uh, a legal team to secure anticipatory bail for mm-hmm. the former CS. And for the former CS, going for anticipatory bail is basically in anticipation. I mean, I believe it's based on what might have happened yesterday night mm-hmm. that uh, somebody intends to. Uh, or, or, or a, a, a team like they're saying police or investigators want to arrest him. Mm-hmm. So he's just trying to guard himself against that and uh, that uh, unimagined, you know, arrest and all that, and hoping that by getting the anticipatory bail, now the the what what uh, whoever is investigating can do is go to court and present uh, their case and they are summoned to court. That would be would be the use of the anticipatory bail. Mm-hmm. That you cannot just be arbitrarily arrested. You can be summoned. You can be served. Mm-hmm. Your lawyer can be served to present you in court. And I think that is what they're just trying to guard themselves from the embarrassment of being picked up mm-hmm. and thrown into a, a Subaru. And It's an interesting conversation this week because at the beginning of February we had another issue, again, connected to Kibicho Matiangi and the former president, Uru Kenyatta. Um, and the IG had initially not given a statement. However, in Mombasa on Friday morning, he came out clearly and said... Um, this is our, these are routine changes and this is what the law requires uh, for a former head of state and, and, and a former cabinet member or cabinet secretary. Um, the last 14 days have been quite interesting around uh, Uhuru Kenyatta's former um, cabinet uh, vis-a-vis securing them and uh, also the quest of just 
finding how the new administration now seeks to enable these former VIPs. Uh, but I think they're still VIPs. Uh, be, they be safe in their homes. If it were me, I will not go at the speed at which, at which this is happening. Because uh, you look at it this way. There's talk about payment, paying of taxes and all that, and there's been a lot. It has been politicized. Mm-hmm. And then now you have uh, the withdrawal or scaling down of security of former uh, VIPs mm-hmm. or those who are in, in power then. Yes. And then now you have this threat of the arrest of, 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 of uh, the former CS Matiangi and, and, and many others, if it, if it were as it is, mm-hmm. I mean, going by what uh, is going around. So it, it doesn't look so, so good. Yeah, it, it 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 paints a picture of, of 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 vindictiveness, which is not something you'd want to see in in a, a new administration. You you want to 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 work and prove yourself before mm-hmm. uh, uh, you are before doing before the activities that are happening happen, mm-hmm. and and make the public look like you are uh, make the public feel like you are all all about vindictiveness mm-hmm. and vengeance and all that. So I, I would be very cautious about what is going on. Right, if they have done wrong, if there's the commitments, omissions that have happened, commissions and op- um, that have happened, it is right that they need to face the law. But we need to do it with tact. We need to, lo- to do it not to make, uh, not, not to make uh, the public, mm-hmm. not, not, not to, to make the issue emotive and sway the public from the administration. It's an interesting conversation. I think we'll be keeping up to speed with it in the next 48, 76, uh, 72 or 96 hours to come because it's it's a story that is uh, ongoing and um, maybe within the next few hours we'll be able to find out um, how it moves forward. But as it seems right now, it's, it's, it's sort of stalled because uh, there's no real... Uh, sort of physical evidence to, 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 to declare that there were any officers around the Matiangi household. However, there are concerns that his house was being raided yesterday and uh, it's a conversation that I think um, many in, 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 in newsrooms will be keenly looking at in terms of bringing out accuracy and objectivity uh, for the masses to understand because I know um, the political um, undertones around it are quite interesting as well. Yeah, sure, sure. So looking about his his uh, successor, uh, CS Kithure Kindiki, came into office, uh, his style of administering is quite different from Matiangi. He's a bit soft-spoken, but he says sometimes you don't really have to bark uh, like a dog, but your effectiveness will be felt. And... Um, in the last 48 hours, he's given us his 100-day scorecard. And his, his, if he were to be given an, an, an 8-1-E, he's saying he's doing quite well um, at a B+. Uh, and he's done a lot more than what uh, the former cabinet secretary did in terms of regist- registering uh, those ones who seek to become Kenyans, uh, work visas, work permits, uh, requests for residency and, and citizenship and whatnot. But let's begin from where he is right now. He's in Baringo County and um, the thorny issue of banditry is something that uh, even the late 
general Nkaiseri dealt with and it was a difficult one to undertake. Uh, C.S. Matiangi tried. Uh, bandits have always been uh, quite a unique breed of, of, of security troubles within Kenya. Do you think that he will be able to deal with it fully, uh, considering that he's traveled to one area and after he's left, two days or two hours later, an attack happens, same area? I, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think uh, tackling banditry is a, is a light, it's a light bulb, you know, you know, a, a light switch. You know, you switch it on and then you switch it off. Mm-hmm. It is not something you, you can claim to absolutely control because it's determined by culture mm-hmm. by resources mm-hmm. it's determined academic, by academic capabilities politic, po, po, political goodwill. Uh, goodwill and all that and in in baringo and in the the Kerio valley and all that they are lucky they don't have water or they are struggling to have water education is wanting mm-hmm. communication is wanting you know all those things now my, my my thoughts are if if you really want to to stop this to tactfully deal with it first of all have schools good schools boarding schools mm-hmm. let there be water let the roads the road network be superb improve communication mm-hmm. such that when something happens it is easier to communicate it is fast to communicate to report that an incident has happened mm-hmm. and it is responded to immediately with a good road network take these guys to school i mean you cannot have a guy who has been stuck who has been on the back of the of his mother his mother with an ak-47 going around herding the animals in anticipation of an attack that is why they have the gun mm-hmm. this guy has understood how to operate a gun before he becomes from a childhood. teen from childhood mm. and he has no other source of uh, wealth or whatever it is other than the animals and it has been indoctrinated in him that to meet milestones of life you have to, you know, like if you want to marry, you must go and raid and get animals to pay for you, for you to pay dowry. Yes. For your wife. Yeah, for your wife. And they must be 100 or 200 of, of heads of cattle and the likes of it. And a guy who understands the terrain of his area, mm. and you get somebody from uh, Bungoma, let's say, who is a, poli- who's a, a, newly, a new recruit into police and think that that person can, can tackle that uh, guy who has been handled a gun from the age of six. It is not possible. And, it, and it's interesting you speak about that because when he was uh, addressing the media recently, C.S. Kindiki spoke about the 6,000 recruits, uh, graduates that uh, graduated earlier this year uh, in the three-day graduation process that was presided over by President William Ruto. And he said some of those officers would be sent out into those areas. And one big concern is usually when you are a rookie, you're just getting into the business of, of work and understanding terrain and, and, and other serious matters. Would it be that we mix and match? We get a few rookies and then we buttress that number with officers who have served in those areas and who have a better understanding of the terrain? Yes, we need to have officers who understand the terrain and have some experience. A rookie, good. He's agile, just fresh from training and all that. But they are rookies. They need experience. They need uh, guidance and all that. So you just don't pick rookies and take them to fight banditry. They don't understand that situation. They might understand on, on paper, mm-hmm. you know, what they have been taught, book work and all that. Mm, the tactical. But, yeah, the ta- yeah, but the, when it comes to the tactical thing, mm-hmm. it's different. So let's let's not pretend 
that banditry will vanish in a day. In a hundred days, we have eradicated. It is not possible. That is pretense. There's this concern that instead of Kenya taking its defense forces into the region, we need to send our military personnel into the vast uh, Rift Valley where we are seeing more sporadic attacks in terms of banditry and cattle rustling in those areas. There is a military point in Loruk, uh, but however, according to many who are now saying uh, government needs to do more, they want more military presence there. Do you think it's more about boots on the ground or more about opening up those areas to development? It's more about opening those places to development than more boots on the ground. And by the way, the military have their specific mandate and can only get in into internal affairs mm-hmm. when called upon, approved or by Or when parliament. it is vital that, that they have uh, to. the civilian internal security measures yes. have been exhausted to the maximum. Yes, and in this case, they have not. So I don't think there is reason for military to go to those areas. Mm-hmm. And military has its own mandate. So we'll be pushing it so far. And there is the other thing, that policing uh, is supposed to be by people who understand the area. Mm-hmm. It is the reason that policing in the West is more successful than it is here. But you know, policing but, in federal jurisdictions like the United States, it's been devolved. So yes, Leila, it has been devolved, yes. Yeah. But they take Leila from Nairobi to police, assuming you live in South Sea, mm-hmm. to police South Sea. You know each and every person of South, of South sea. sea. You know each and every, you know the good people in South Sea, mm-hmm. the threats in South Sea, the drug dealers in South mm-hmm. Sea, you, you know all of them. Now, like I was giving an example. Yes. You are taking a rookie trained from Kiganjo or mm-hmm. Mbakasi yes. and taking him to Baringo. He does not understand what Marigat looks like. <laughs> the terrain of Marigat. He does not understand how much water in the first place of food mm. he's supposed to have when they're going on patrol to the in this distance. And you take him there. Now, if you picked somebody from Marigat, mm. from Baringo, he's in the police yes. and deployed him to that area. He understands every nook and cranny of that place. Mm-hmm. It will be easier for him to police, assuming that you are, you are fearing that they will be compromised. Mm-hmm. But it is their responsibility to make this place safe. It is their responsibility to control banditry in this place. Is it also possible that we can use our legislative system to make amendments to the Constitution? And you can indulge me here. Uh, for example, in the United States, we have the four tiers, the five tiers of uh, their defense forces. Yeah. We have the U.S. Marines, we have the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Uh, Army and the U.S. Uh, Air Force. Air Force yeah. But then we have one unit of the military that deals with internal affairs and they are called the National Guard. Guards, yeah. They are military officers, but their mandate is within local. You remember during the attacks, the protests in, in cities yeah. where the Black Lives Matter was, was big. Yes. Uh, Instead of using the state authorities, when it had reached a point where civilian uh, state authorities in terms of security were overwhelmed, the federal government took it upon itself to send the National Guard to, to secure those areas and also give aid. Can Kenya think of something like that or we are not that developed as a, an economy to think of such a security tier? I am not so sure we are developed, but it has to be it has it has to be legislated. Probably in Probably. the Kenya Defense Forces Act. Yes, yes. Kenya F- Defense Forces Act and and the security, you know, apparatus, apparatus and the NSAC and all that it has to be that has to be done. But be that as it may, mm. we as Kenyans, what is the biggest problem that we have? 
our politicians. Banditry is is run like a mafioso. Because I mean, it is funded. It is funded. And exactly. uh, they are yes. facilitated in terms and, of and, armor yes, and, and ammunition. The animals cannot just disappear in thin air. I mean, 100 heads of cattle. Mm. Let's even call them 50 heads of cattle. When you are moving them, they will attract or they will form a cloud of dust. How are they just disappearing? If you listened into the CS, he said, what they do is they, they come in an army and they know we are going to raid 200 herds of cattle. So we will split them into 10. So 10 of us, one will go in east, west, north, northeast, in several uh, directions so that it's not also easy for security apparatus to identify all of them. And that's why it's not been easy for them to recover. They've only recovered 60% 60, of yeah, the 60. stolen animals. So sure. the 40%, it's going to be difficult for them to do so because they don't know which region they have gone to. Leila, that is, that is bullcrap. Sorry for the word. But mm-hmm. That is bullcrap for me. Yes. Because, I mean, animals have been stolen in Madari. Mm-hmm. Has the earth swallowed them? <laughs> you remember they have not when we were kids, from where we come from, the, the, there used to be those analogies that... Um, Wezi Wakija, they used to dig something and then they, they disappear into the earth with that the animals so that you cannot track where they've left to. And, is that and, real, Amar? It was just stories a, were being told. Is, those are stories, imaginative, because pe- <laughs> these people disappear. But remember that even as you grow up in the village, mm. when an animals are stolen... The first thing you do is you track their... You track their, their, their hooves, and their, their footsteps. Yes. And they are so easy to do, to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, in the advent of, of drones and satellite and all those kind of things, it is so easy to track these animals. What happens is that these animals are being loaded into trucks and ferried long distance away. And majority and of them are, could be ending up in urban centers. In urban centers, like in abattoirs, yes. In abattoirs, in, in these centers. Now, there has been time where... They have the perpetrators have been identified, mm-hmm. but no action is being taken. Now, if you if they are nipped in the bud mm-hmm. and stopped from being beneficiaries of that, these guys, the young boys, warriors, will have nowhere to sell these animals. They'll have to keep them. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, my thoughts: we are able to track your phone. We are able to track your car. Mm-hmm. What makes it so difficult for us to tag animals with chips? To absolutely stop this menace of, of, cattle, of, rustling. of cattle rustling. I think we, we have chips if, that just. If a farmer is, is wealthy enough to afford such kind of trackers, but we're talking about communities that can barely keep the, the, food, Leila, food will, on the table. I will, I will, I will cut, you, cut you in. Yes. The problem about banditry is not for the local farmer, it is a matter of security, it is a national security matter. Mm-hmm. So the government must invest in that to be able to stop that because they not only steal animals, they they kill people. Mm-hmm. In Todonyang, we saw the other day in South Sudan mm-hmm. where they have massacred a whole village of people. Now, that is sub- the government is supposed to protect life, life and, property. and property. It is the responsibility of the government to do that. I, I don't believe the technology of chipping animals mm. is so expensive that the government can undertake that for the purposes of securing a region. I don't think it is impossible for the government to do that. So for us to be able to stop that from happening, mm-hmm. let us sacrifice and do that 
so that whoever steals an animal knows that they'll be tracked and it will be deterrent we will save the, both the animals mm-hmm. and the lives of the people the owners of those animals but in, instead of just pretending that it is expensive we, it can only be, be done by a, 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 a rich farmer no mm-hmm. the animals that are being stolen belong to the poor yes and the lives are for the poor and the government is entrusted under the constitution mm-hmm. to protect lives and property why can't we invest in that but there's also another issue that is causing banditry and stealing of animals to thrive and it's a matter of climate change the rains haven't fallen in some parts of the country for 3 to 5 seasons now it's uh, the resources are quite they're stretching even thinner by the day uh, so we don't have grasslands for for animals to feed and the water reservoirs that were there are drying up at a significantly higher rate than we've seen in the last 40 years the reason i said the government should invest in schools, in education, Mm -hmm. in resources, water, and all that. If it is fight for water, make dams. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Provide water for the herdsmen. Educate them that you don't need to have a thousand heads of cattle. Mm -hmm. You can have a hundred and still thrive. Yes. Yeah? Instead of having a thousand and then all of them die Mm. at one and you're at loss and all that. And climate change is not exclusive to one One community. Yeah, one community and not the other. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, we are just having excuses that, indeed, the government has the ability to stop this. So do you think at some point, the way the CS has dreamed that one day the future children will be talking about banditry in books, how it was, how it was executed, and the fact that it's no longer something that is happening in the community now, in their time? It is possible. It is very possible. But only if you address issues that actually incite the warriors to go into cattle wrestling. Mm-hmm. But if we if we are just talking about it and, and hoping that something will happen, mm. it's not true. We, we, we are not going to be able to, to stop banditry if we don't address the reason it's taking place. One of the other reasons is porous borders. We are seeing a quite a vulnerable border in, in the southern Sudan part of the country. Ethiopia is also another area of concern, as well as Somalia. These are some of the longest porous borders we have in this country. Even parts of Uganda, we've seen weapons coming into the country illegally. And that business has been allowed to thrive for decades. Now, that is where the military comes in. They're supposed to secure the borders. Mm-hmm. If the military are deployed to secure the borders and the local police do their job, yes, all this will stop. But we have a border patrol police unit for for the AP. What are they doing? What is their number? How many are they? It's a small and, unit. And, and 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 you're talking about the expanse, the length of the border, and all that, mm-hmm. and the unit. How many of them are they? How many police officers do we have? Mm-hmm. One hundred and forty is the maximum. Police and AP, police, AP, and prison. We have a hundred and forty thousand of them out of are they are they able to secure the borders not the borders but just the whole country 140,000 mm. is the total number of the police serving serving in this country so will we ever reach the un exactly. required number of we one will, to we 200 c- no no we will not unless we we go recruitment and mass mm-hmm. like uh, there was an attempt that w- where we were doing 10,000 10, per year per year maybe that will make us get near there mm-hmm. but as it is and among those policemen, there are those that are doing VIP protection, guarding mm. our judges and our politicians. And uh, MCS these days also want bodyguards and drivers. Really? Yes. And you look at it, and we have stretched the police so thin. so thin 
that even the services that they they, have, they, they, have, they are mandate they've they, concentrated a lot on 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 securing entities, entities and VIPs. vips and all that i mean tell me why an mp needs six six officers four officers why does he need them they are his constituents i mean the people he interacts with are his constituents. Mm-hmm. Why does he need to be protected from to, to, from his constituents? Does it really make sense? They say as a VIP, the threat can come from anywhere. <laughs> uh, I, it's true. <laughs> that it, it's imaginary threat. Mm-hmm. It is imaginary threat, and you want your, your to to be opening the door for you and closing, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, shooing away your 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 your, your constituents. Mm. Is is that real? Mm-hmm. I mean, are, being, are we being real? So if I hear you correctly, if we want to secure our entities, our VIPs, and also the citizens of this country, their lives and their property, NPS needs to recruit more than 10,000 a year. We need to recruit enough police officers. Do we have the funding? That is the question. Do we have the funding? But we have funding. Can we pay them? For, we have funding for how much is a police officer paid? If I heard correctly, the um, chairperson of NPS said... Uh, a constable is expected to receive 35000 Currently, they don't earn 35000 I think they're paid less. They're paid less. Yes. About 17000 mm-hmm. An MCA is paid how much? About 200000 300000 mm. Really? Where are our priorities? The other day, I heard, uh, I heard that ECD... They're pay, pay, they going to be paid 7000 and it's going to be no, a, no, it upgraded changed. to $8,000. Uh, SRC, SRC is now SRC saying 14000 14, For Nairobi only. For Nairobi only and 13000 for, for our country. Uh, uh, yeah. That is where our priorities go wrong. ECD is early childhood education. Mm-hmm. Yes. These are the people who are molding us when we were kids. When you, when you have nothing. When you have nothing. Yeah. In your system. And you're paying them 7000 And I think these are some and of you're the paying cons- and you're paying an MCA 300 These are some of the really? concerns. In fact, these are some of the concerns that I think the Maraga-led team, and, I, and, and we will have this discussion in our next episode. And I, I think if you're listening in, it would be quite interesting to tune in into the next episode where we, we will be discussing the Maraga, Maraga. Maraga. Uh, and he's going to talk about payment, uniforms, medical care, medical cover, housing for a very long time police me, officers used me, to live in the worst conditions let me, worst. let me shock you in the last uh police medical cover mm-hmm. the reason there was an outcry towards the end of the expiry of the cover by nhif and all that mm-hmm. for the police somebody in his wisdom mm. compelled all, pol- all junior police officers, only 1,400 were entitled to specialized treatment in maybe Nairobi West, Nairobi Hospital and the like. Mm. The rest of them were supposed to go to government hospitals, which don't have medicine and all that. And these are the people who patrol in the night while you're enjoying sleep in your house. True. Who, en- who ensure that there must be a flow, you know, free flow of traffic out there. Mm. The same people who are supposed to fight banditry, all of mm-hmm. them. Were, were denied and terrorism were denied medical cover only allowed to go to government hospitals only 1400 seniors mm. could access and this is something that was not announced to them mm. they went to hospitals and they were told no now you can't go you can't do that you'll you have, have to, to go be to a government certain hospital. rank yeah but now they have a hospital and and i, want, I don't want to deal into this conversation now the hospital has the not next... been the hospital has not been launched let's <laughs> pretend that it's there it's not been launched they don't have it. Why is it's it? It's still under construction and it, it will is, be it, it will is, be done before end of year. It was supposed to have been launched in the last government. In the by, last by the last administration. administration. Yes. It hasn't. Now 
it is supposed to to be launched mm. uh, remember we, you have an officer in todonyang banditry mm -hmm. how is he going to get here his family is in some village how are they going to get to this nairobi hospital i think now what government has done and and, and i could be wrong the fact that um, we have specific hospitals for the military in those far-flung areas. For example, the Siolo one is quite big. It's a level four. The Eldoret one is a level four. Uh, the one in Kahawa is a level four. And then we have the level six, which is currently under construction. And I'm thinking in my head, if a National Police Service, Kenya w, KWS officer, Kenya Forest Service, or any security agent in this country is hurt, wherever they are. If they're not able to get to the police uh, hospital here in Nairobi, then those military installations should be their first point of contact. And that's why under his administration, President Kenyatta put the air wing under one outfit so that communication can come from Todonyang, for example, and say, we have our teams that have been hurt there. Can we send a chopper there? Take them to the, the nearest facility for first aid before we now consider bringing them to Nairobi. Yeah. Is that something that That's, can be fashioned? That, that can be fashioned. It's, it would be the best option. Mm -hmm. But my thoughts are just these, that we expect so much from the police. And yet we give and little we get, we in give return. nothing. Promise them heaven and can't deliver even hell. And that is the problem we have. Mm -hmm. And if we want services from the police, please let's be humane and equally give them the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Just giving them a gun, and this guy has a, 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 a kid who's diabetic or a wife or mm -hmm. whoever it is. I, 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 I know of a case of, of, of a senior police officer who was on duty 247, and his wife was on a deathbed. Oh, my goodness. And you expect this guy to function as appropriately as a police officer. Mm -hmm. The guy has so many thoughts. In his head. In his head. For him to provide the services that we expect of him. So if I hear you correctly, you, you, you say without flinching that government needs to do more. Government needs to do enough for the police. It needs to do more. More than what it is doing. More now. than what it's doing. Mm -hmm. Let's not pretend. We expect services from them. Mm -hmm. Let's give them a condus an environment conducive enough for them to provide those services. Before we go into the other part of the Ministry of Interior, do you think the idea of allowing them into the civilian uh, residential areas was a bad one? Do they need to go back to their police stations and they get better housing there, as we have seen being done in various police stations like here in, in, in Central? There are some houses for officers, some pretty good houses. Some pretty good houses, yeah. yeah. That was initiated by Major General Lee. I think it was, I believe... During the Kibaki era. The, during the Kibaki era. Mm -hmm. I think the reason then was for, in the in the event of an emergency, quick response. You're there. You are there. You, you in, don't have to you get, don't a, have matatu to get to, a matatu to get to, to, work. to get to work and all that. Mm -hmm. I think that was the reason it was done. But then we noticed, I don't know if you ever went to Madari Police Depot. No. Unfortun fortunately or unfortunately. <laughs> it is the most pathetic living condition a police officer can ever be subjected to. Some of them are colonial iron corrugated. It was a similar situation in, in a be, uh, behind, between Mbagathi Hospital and Kemri in, back in the day in back the 90s. In the yes. The, we used to have such kind of housing for were, police officers. Now those were, similar, but Madare Police Depot was the hugest, was the biggest. Mm -hmm. And it was pathetic. 
I don't know if they're still there. It's been some time since I've I've been to that place. Mm-hmm. But it was pathetic. And they are sharing. Now a guy who's married is sharing with a bachelor mm-hmm. who's not married. And he lives there with his wife and kids. And the partition is a cutting. Quite, quite a it's, challenge. It's, th- that is the worst condition you can subject to a police officer. And it entices them into what we are now seeing as corruption. Mm. To live a better life. To live a better life. It makes them inhuman. If you put them in that inhuman condition, mm. you expect him to be human. But considering places like going back into the Rifti Valley, you don't expect uh, officers maybe in Loruk to live in, 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 in comfortable quarters it's because of the... Those are operation areas. Yeah. Le- Leila, those are operation areas. Mm-hmm. The, those areas you can't even go with your wife. You can't even go with your kid. You can't have family there. You can't have family there. Mm. But I'm talking about an environment like in Nairobi. Yes. Now, give me a reason why Madare Police Depot is supposed to ex- ex- to, to exist in its current in, in its situation. Its current form. Yes, in and it's and you're in the city. But then, if if that is what is is uh, is in Nairobi, mm. then what what do you expect in Loruk? Difficult. Thank you. And we expect services from these guys. I mean, why this pretension? So you think in the last hundred days, um, the fact that the CS speaks of having dealt with so many issues and, 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 and having an increasing number of officers to send to those areas. Do you think there's more than what he's telling us he needs to do much more in terms of um, making an enabling environment I believe, for officers to work? I believe he's, uh, there's a lot that he needs to do. I believe he has started on a good note, especially mm. with the establishment of that task force that is looking into the conditions of the Maraga-led, the Maraga-led team. team. Yes. I believe he's doing very well in, in as far as that is concerned. Only hoping that they'll be actualized because we had the implementation. Na- is we had the Naikuni, we had the Philip Ransley, mm-hmm. and all of them. The reports are sitting on some shelf, gathering dust, and nothing has been done. They tried to improve uh, the living conditions of the police by construction of houses. Then suddenly, police officers are supposed to, are not supposed to live. They used to rent ha- houses for police officers mm-hmm. in uh, various uh, areas, estates. Mm. This it, it it was since stopped. Now, an allowance was, was introduced. But you look at the allowance and where police officers are, the, the only place that police officers can, can survive um, on that allowance very is a slum. Far-flung areas. In a slum, that is the only place with that allowance mm-hmm. that a police officer can go and live. You are taking him to a slum. He is going to be the first victim <laughs> of crime. <laughs> where will they even hang their uniforms? Yes. Won't they be stolen? So, you look at things that have happened and... We don't this, and I'm wishing uh, Professor mm-hmm. the CS the very best of luck. Very best of luck, but the, the, he, has, he has a huge task ahead of him. Ahead of him, yes. Mm-hmm. Granted, he has reduced uh, crime incidents seem to have reduced by almost a thousand significantly, and significantly he's, he speaks 13. about 5%. the muggings that we saw in October here in Nairobi. Uh, we are not seeing any reports of such anymore, and, I, and, and they're saying... That is after reassurance by the president, when the re- president uh, called uh, the security, the police officers in state house, mm. and reassured them. You see, and I'm not being... Uh, pessimistic. I'm not being pessimistic, and I'm equally not in support of cartels and, and, and gangs that had been forcing, that had been uh, uh, establishing the police. Mm. But when handling rogue police officers, mm-hmm. you don't do a blanket condemnation of the you, police. You go after those, you specific, go after those specific individuals, uh, individuals who have done that and save 
the police because once you discredit and that is what happened when the current administration got into power mm -hmm. you lambasted and condemned the police so in the eyes of the public so in the eyes of the public they were all a rogue force and even the hard working police officers were demoralized and they they, they got scared mm -hmm. and that is what led to the spike of crime because even i mean the, the criminals are part of the community part of the society mm -hmm. and they are seeing what is happening yes they're seeing the fear that the police have in doing their job mm. so they take advantage of that but after that reassurance we noticed that there was a lull in that in the numbers in the numbers of crimes that were being committed and i hope that continues and special units be that as it may if they are not abused are important to the operations of policing in the country mm -hmm. they are needed Specialized units are needed mm -hmm. to do specific jobs that they are supposed to, tackle to do. Different to tackle kinds different of kinds crime. of crime and all mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you cannot disband them and hope that this that the situation, uh, the situation will, be will, be easy. will be easy. The reason why I was saying you need to deploy people in areas they understand best is because when somebody is on patrol, mm. they know their area. I mean. This is nation. They know who lives there. They know who lives there. They know if who does that. If someone new, they know this is a new person. Let me give a secret to you. Mm. In Nairobi, there is something called a lockup. Lockup is at, such that in the event a, 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 a crime happens, let's say a bank robbery mm -hmm. happens here. Yes. And it is reported on radio that a, a, a robbery has happened at nation. Mm -hmm. All available every, teams ev every need team, to rush to that incident. No. Every team knows where they are supposed to be because they are exits from nation. Uh -huh. okay. They know that probability is that they will go towards New Stanley, mm -hmm. or they will go towards uh, TSC, or they will. They know where this old TSC every build, bazaar yes, building, bazaar yeah. building yeah. The, the exits. So all they have to do is just to go to those exits and sit pretty and wait, and the guys will just run into them. Mm -hmm. That is what happens. But now when you remove these guys and something happens, nobody knows how it will be responded. It will take some time. Mm. And the criminals are brainy guys. They I think, guys. I think the, the, the plan is to get rid of, of, of rogue agents and, and, and come up with solid units that will serve the people of Kenya. And I'm thinking maybe we need to give them time, although sometimes Layla, security society, does not need time. The society is full of both good and bad. And even a new team that comes in, mm -hmm. rogues will be there. Because we have seen in, in the years I've covered security, I have seen it. Mm -hmm. Units have been disbanded. Kanga squad disbanded. Flying squad was disbanded way before mm -hmm. the special unit was, was established. Was the famous Kwekwe squad disbanded? Kwekwe squad was disbanded a long some time back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We used to have, there, there was a special crime prevention unit. Mm -hmm. We've had all these units. And every, every new police boss comes in and establishes his own that believes will work but along the way they also falter along falter, the lines falter along the lines then a new regime comes in and you want to establish another one that you believe will be will, best. be, will be best something happens mm -hmm. in society we have both the good and bad so as so long we as have you're dealing learn, with human so beings, long as you exactly you must be aware of the fact that there will always be two sides two of two sides of exactly yeah so let's not 
let's leave the police for the moment and and take the next few minutes to talk about uh, the other aspect of the interior ministry which is registration of persons, of persons. whether birth deaths uh, travel identification and uh, we we just have enough time to talk about this unique personal identification number what is it is it is it a replica of huduma number because the cs now says you will be given this number at birth and it will follow you all, all the way up to the day you die it is the number that will appear on your death cert- certificate i think the UPI is a, is a very good idea. Is it Huduma it number? It is not Huduma number. Huduma number is not be, was not given to you at birth, was it? No. But remember, Huduma, we, we were registering our children. Yes, we were registering our children, but not at birth. Yeah. Now, the challenge is this. Mm-hmm. And this is what we have been having as Kenyans. We have had an influx of Kenyans, of, of foreigners, into the, country. into the country, and they have registered as Kenyans. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You go to passport... Immigration, mm. immigration, and find that your your number has been taken by has, someone else. No, has other people. Your your file has mm. other people registered as under your family under your name. family name. Yeah, yeah. you have. You, you, and this you particular that. number is the R number, the R number the matriarch of the, or the patriarch yes, of, the of the family. Yes. Yeah. Now you find those inside, but now with that unique number, you can't because it is only unique to you. Mm-hmm. So it reduces the number, the, the 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 possibility of forgery. Now I'll give you the other day I was. Then how will they take? Will they, will they be changing your biometrics as you grow? Biometrics don't change; they just enlarge. Mm-hmm. They don't change; they are only unique to you. Okay. Um, your eye will not change. Whether you are a baby, you're a baby or, or, or you're like, fifty just, or sixty, just, yeah, it's just a size. But the the the, the problem that we have uh, we have had with Kenya for a long time mm. is falsifications of documents. There is a case that I'm looking into where somebody went into, and I believe with the with the assistance, with the collaboration of senior uh, civil servants, mm-hmm. and changed the biometrics, mm. both fingers and eyes, mm. of the holder of a passport. Oh damn! The names and particulars are the same. When this person goes to renew the the passport, they are told, told you're, no, you're, you're an imposter. You. You're an imposter. It's not you. Now, what what kind of of situation is that? So, do you think the fact that when you when it, when you when you're born, you have a birth notification, then you get a uh, birth certificate, and then you get an ID, and then you have a passport, no, and your bank card, and your SGWAT card, NHIF, NSSF. In fact, NHIF no longer produces cards anymore. Cards. They just take your biometrics, the biometrics yes. and 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 you use your fingers yes. or your eyes for identification. Yes. Does that reduce the number of cards that a Kenyan can carry in their the, wallet? The, the intention is supposed to be reduce and 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 uh, merge all of them. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, Hudumanama did not do as it was supposed to do. It was declared illegal. It was declared illegal. Yeah, one, by the court. By the court, it was declared illegal because it did not follow the processes that it, as it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It was done in a hurry. For purposes of people making money, yes, not for the intention of securing the country, mm-hmm. because even the 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 the, the, the whatever of, of the the processes of of of, of uh, registering and doing that were Hap- haphazard. They are so quick fast, and eh? very fast and all that. Given timeless and all that, it was it didn't take time the way it is supposed to mm-hmm. do. The production itself, I registered for one. 
So did I, and I have mine in the house. I have, I have never got mine. I've never been informed of that. I was, I, I had told them I want to and take it in town. They told me go to Inisli somewhere, chief's office. That's where I got it. And I look at it in the house, and I have so many national identifiers. You have your driver's license, your ID, your Huduma card, your. There's so many of them, and you wonder. The the best the best they would do is have that UPI, and have the driving the digital driving license. So that UPI begins taking legal shape in 18 in years eight, yes. after after they've introduced it this year. Yes. However, in March they're speaking about introducing a third generation national identification Identica card. card yeah. How different will it be from the one I'm holding currently? I don't know. I have never taken the second gener generation because I'm comfortable. <laughs> you still have the, the big one? No, the, the, I, um, I have the smaller, the one after. I remember my mom's used to be as big as a, yeah, we a had booklet. That. We had that. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then in the, in the, the 90s, they brought it smaller. They brought it smaller. And then late 90s, they made it even smaller they, they in 96. It, yes, they made it smaller. And that's the one I got that when, I, the, when I when I when I became I currently, an adult. The, currently, the one I currently have. But that one cheaps and it opens like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was easier. It's just the same way. It's the same way with the passports. So yeah. I remember when we were being sent out to study, mm. we had uh, we had a passport, mm. uh, the blue passport, the one that has been replaced, the dark blue one, the dark blue one. Yeah, uh, far much bigger than the one that is being replaced currently. I've seen my my late dad's one yes. was big. Yes, that was so easy to 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 forge. Ah, uh. the. Guys used to to steal it from us. So I wondered why they were stealing. All they would do is go and put it over steam, steaming water, boiling water. Mm -hmm. and, and then, and then they're just, they, they, yeah, You're the peeling it. The cellotape just peels off. Yeah. And then he puts their, their picture ah. and, 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 and seals it back. And it is, it's got it's all good your, to go, yeah. It's good to go. There's, a, there's somebody who was arrested in uh, a, a foreign national who was arrested with a Kenyan passport mm -hmm. somewhere in, uh, in in the Scandinavian countries. And uh, the parent of the holder of the passport was called and said, hey, your, your passport is your being used No, your son, your son has been arrested in the Nordic countries. What? And the guy is not even there. So the poor man travels all the way to that Nordic country mm -hmm. and so you're finds thinking... somebody else. And he's wondering how. And he's wondering get how did you get? Yes, exactly. So I, I think with the with the improvement of. Uh, Do you think the new the new ID will have features like what we have in the new generation passport? I hope it. And does. will that be more expensive? I hope because it does. the current one it used to be free until at some point where now you pay a hundred bob. Yeah, I hope it does. I just hope it does those features to make it uh, more secure and more tamper proof. Mm -hmm. I, I just hope it does. Kenya in the region has um, had a head start in terms of identifying its its individuals using the ID. The region is now just following suit with Uganda and Tanzania in the last two, three, four years, also giving their citizens national IDs. Um, do you think that was necessary? And should the passport now be your ID per se? So that we just give Kenyans one document. But will everybody, does everybody need a passport? Touche. I know everybody needs a national identity card, mm -hmm. but not everybody needs a passport. 
or then can it be your then you you'll also tell me and, and, the, and, the and driver's way, license and, and cannot be way, identified and, and by the way uh you can travel with your id in the east african region there was an agreement that was reached yeah uh, it's practical that you with your id you can travel from jka to entebbe to entebbe or to at some point tanzania had not really or, fully or re- reluctant, adopted it yeah, yes it was a bit reluctant but i have I've experienced traveling with a, with an id to uganda the esc region yeah the esc region and and, and it works so, so you you you're, you're on board with the third generation idea. I'm on board with the third generation idea for purposes of security. Will you take uh, it? Pardon? Will you take it now that you're stuck to your second generation one? The, the I if need be. If it, yours seems if, like the first generation. If one. mine if mine if, if 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 my first generation is uh, is declared uh, an illegal an document, illegal document uh-huh. then I'll be forced to to take the new take one. The, the new one. Will it be a a place where now government will say uh we we expect all kenyans to tra- to transition into the third generation idea and we see the kind of stuff we were taken through in the last administration with the huduma number and everyone is in a panic i think that's what many kenyans are just afraid of and they're tired of they're like uh, if you're introducing these things then don't really uh, choke it down our throats i think that is what governments are good at uh, giving us timelines and deadlines of doing things mm-hmm. and all that and so extensions, and, and, counter extensions. Counter extensions. and counter extensions i hope they don't do that i, I hope they it's just uh, introduced and we are told you this is now the the new one the and new the ones one who are now turning 18, 18 in 2023 yeah they can now use this one yeah but if any other kenyan wishes to change then it will be out of their own free out will out of their own free will or because, if you're replacing because Leila, I've, I've noticed one thing mm. about our system registration system that if with your id number at the national registration of persons it is so easy for somebody to trace your family tree both on your mother's side and your father's and side, your father's side. Mm. yeah now then it beats logic where uh foreigners are coming into the country and obtaining identity cards because when you because apply for your id at 18 you, i think they expect you to also put your mother's and your father's your mother's and father's id IDs. number yes id n- not for its copies actually it's actual copies it's i thought copies copies, copies for copies, passport copies of your id and and uh, uh, your your pa- parents ids mm-hmm. you need to have those now then it beats logic where somebody has an id because then if you go to that uh, the records they will only show you as a person mm. nobody else no family tree nothing and there's nobody there's no such kind of person so we just need to 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 up our game in terms of our digital yes, we just database need, yes we just need to do that then it will be so is we will 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 we'll not have cases of forged documentation or that because, identities yes because once i i have an I, a document mm. which is not supported by any other yes then it means it's illegal so it is so easy for us to do that mm-hmm. and i believe this is it is it, it, it this informs the upi and we, sh- we better kenyans uh, secure themselves kenyans are the only people i have since found out are not patriotic <laughs> kenyans are patriotic they are very aware of their surrounding they are aware of their rights and they are very aware uh, ob- ob- objective and aware, open about, aware about what goes rights. on around them you know uh, we kenyans and they're very vocal we kenyans whether it is on the street or, or we online Ken- we kenyans are aware of our rights mm-hmm. 
and very vocal. Yes. But we are not patriotic. Interesting. And I think it's, it's a good place to leave it so that uh, our audiences can tune in the next episode and we will begin with why Kenyans are an unpatriotic lot. And at that time, we'll also be talking about um, the Maraga-led team and whether or not they will do different from what all those other teams have done before. Thank you very much, Obala. We've missed one boys. You know, she's the calm one in this conversation. <laughs> but she'll give us a sneak preview of what uh, they've been up to with CS um, Kindiki Kithure, uh, who's been on a week-long tour of some of these insecurity-prone areas. The conversation continues in our next episode. Leila Muhammad is my name. Dominic Wabala is on the other side. Uh, thank you very much for listening in and do join us on episode four. <laughs>